Welcome back indeed. Episode number 75, Rasball Fantasy Basketball Podcast Sun Edition. Unfortunately, Joel is not able to uh, join us today, but uh, I got a good one. Uh, very humbled and honored to bring on my brother from another mother, even though he's from Can- Canada. Uh, I still got love for him. Uh, Rocco, Giuseppe Rocco, what's going on, my man? How's everything? How's it going, brother? It's been It's been a grind. Uh, you are the master of the grind. Um, I think the grind is the life. I think the grind chose you. You did not choose the grind. Um, but no, I'm always impressed with uh, your process and kind of like just how you approach things. And, you know, that's why I love bringing you on the pod, uh, just to kind of peek into the, the madness of, of the genius of, of Rocco. Um, so for people that don't know, uh, you know, Rocco's probably one of one of the best fantasy basketball players uh, that I know. Um, you know, I consider Eric Wong probably the GOAT, you know, all-time winner NFBC. Uh, you know, he's just basically just won everything. And, you know, even Wong had good things to say about Rocco. Um, and I think one of it was on the tip of... So Eric Wong had a, had a site, Roto Evil, uh, a lot of the best players uh, went on there, read his stuff, used his projections and stuff like that. And I remember Wong was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm interested to hear, you know, when I first told him that we potted. So that was what, a year ago, our first pot, I think. Yeah, that's about um, a year ago. Yeah, Wong was like, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to, to listening to that because, you know, Rocco's the one guy that I know that never subscribed to Roto Evil. Like, so he did, you know, shit his own way and then he took me down. Uh, and so, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it doesn't get any, any more street cred than that. Um, you know, just to kind of go back and look at Rocco's history, um, you know, under the, the screen name of Giuseppe Rocco, the 2018, but I remember you played under a different name prior to that, but we'll just go with the Rocco screen name, 2018, fifth, sixth, seventh, uh, in draft champions. 2019 was was a down year. Um, I think you know you probably have to perform some seppuku for that because your highest yeah. finish was only 24th. But now you came back uh, third, sixth, tenth, eleventh. 2021, you took you took it all down. Uh, first, third, fifth, eleventh, twelfth. Uh, this year, uh, third. 13th, 16th, 21st. Not, no, I'm not, I'm not happy about this oh, year. Oh, all right. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you know, like kind of hear your thoughts going into the season, during the season. Uh, you know, you grind in your way through it. Um, before we get into that, though, Raz Jam, you've been in the third. Th- uh, this is your third year. Yeah. First year with 50, uh, 56th place. Um, the kids probably weren't happy. Um, yeah. The wife was probably smacking you around a little bit, but... Yeah. You came back, uh, you restored the family name and honor, uh, took it down the next year, got the beautiful trophy, yeah. uh, and then you took uh, fourth this year. And so last week I had Michael Kimball on the pod, and uh, you know he was basically like, Dude, this Rocco guy just keeps chasing me down and <laughs> things like that. Um, you, know, you know, with that said, I, you know, before I continue, I should, there's a couple of things I need to say. I should change the name of this this pod from the Sun Pod to the Rocco Pod because we're always your name is always coming up, uh, you know, for good reason. Uh, and 
you know, we were always a, uh, it's a big slobber fist over the rock, the Rocco's <laughs> name and process. And, uh, so, you know, I, I'm going to have to consider that. But the second thing is, is, uh, freaking Curtis Gazowich, uh, he emailed me and he was like, yo, you need to get Rocco on the pod. Uh, so, you know, for the coward Curtis Gazowich, he will not come on this pod. Um, you know, this is for you, Curtis. So, uh, well, I, <laughs> enjoy I, got, this I, got, I, got, I got some things to say. Yeah, about let's Curtis. go. Yeah, he, yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. We need well, some, no, uh... I mean, I, I mean, I, I mean, the thing about Curtis is right, like, he, he likes to take little, like, little shots here and there, right? Like, even in the draft room, yeah. like, you'll see in the, in the, you know, when we're, we're chatting in the chat box. And so, like, his big thing on me this year was knocking me down for Royce O'Neill, right? Yeah. And the thing is, is that, like, like I, it started getting into my friggin' head, right? Like after my first few drafts, I started <laughs> as, like, like when when one of the greatest drafters of of of, of NFBKC is saying to you like, oh oh here comes here comes the big Royce draft by Rock, <laughs> you know you start you start like you know you start questioning yourself and and then and then so I I had a lot less. Royce O'Neal shares than I really wanted to and the guy came out like guns a-blazing the first few months of the season and I'm like fucking Curtis <laughs> I, was, I was like I couldn't believe it like the guy got into my head and I gotta give him that right but uh, uh, like I know you you know you joke around and stuff like that he, he's a pretty private guy and yeah. like uh, he's no, really sure. successful and um, I email him once in a while, just like usually at the start of the season, wish him luck and stuff like that. Cause uh, like I said, he's really successful. And like a lot of times, um, most of my drafts that I'm in with him, like, uh, uh, you know, I, I know it's going to be a battle with him, right? You see some of the same names um, in a lot of these drafts. And, um, and, and when I see Curtis, I'm like, and, and, and just like we said in the past, right? Like, and you said it in your pod as well. Like you kind of look in the first few drafts to see what certain people are doing, what kind of like players they're kind of like tailoring their teams to. And, and, and you take that and you kind of just like, Oh, maybe did I miss something here? Right? Like, you know, like three drafts in a row, um, Curtis is going a little earlier on Irving, for example, right? Because I know that's a guy he targeted a lot at the beginning of the year because he's getting good value on him. Yeah. Um, you know, am, am I missing out here? Um, so, so definitely, yeah, Curtis is is one to watch. I appreciate what you said about uh, you know about about Eric. Um, he, um, yeah, he tried to get me onto the site uh, pretty early on when he started his site. Um, and to be honest with you, I'm just a damn cheapskate. Like I just, wanna, <laughs> I didn't want to, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like, like, and, and the thing is, is that like, you know, I like to listen to a lot of pods in the off season and stuff, but then if I start getting into too many people's projections, I start to, I start to question myself. Um, and like, I'll give you an example, like, like this year was like the first year that we were able, because we've got so many degenerates, um, <laughs> that were like trying to draft really early. Yeah. Like we got in six drafts before basketball monster even started up. Right. Yeah, it was fun. And, it was fun. And, 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 because, and, and it was, it was nice because now looking back, I can kind of gauge like what happens when the rest of the field starts getting data that is maybe like, you know, all of a sudden available to everybody as opposed to 
um, you know, competing against a blind slate where I think I have the advantage. And so when I look at my first six drafts, there's only one of the six that I didn't finish top three, right? And so those are the six that ne- we, there was no basketball monster. There was like, it was a even playing field for everybody. Pe- if anybody was in those drafts, I would presume that people um, had enough of their own knowledge or were doing maybe some of their own projections or some of their own things. Um, and really the one team that, finished outside of top three was sixth and as i look at that like when i was looking at that team i had a lot of players that team was actually top three going into the last few weeks and then i had a lot of players that were shut down so i mean i i i, I prided myself in the fact that those first six drafts which were a lot of degenerates a lot of hardcore people <laughs> um i was i was able to um you know finish pretty high in the standings in most of those six. And then um, uh, also like summarizing my year, like I, I, out of, out of the, I think there was about five or six teams this year in draft champions that didn't finish in the top six and all but one of them had Cade Cunningham on it. So there was definitely some, some, you know, bad luck involved, just like there's good luck in getting those top three, four, teams there was definitely some bad luck in some of those bad teams and 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 interestingly enough the other team that didn't finish top six was um, a team that i completely went uh different than i normally would right like i look at that team and i i had like i drafted uh harden early on and then i i went like bam and miles turner and and you know full well from all the drafts that you've done to me uh with me that um uh there there was um it's it's rare that i'm going two bigs in the first three rounds you love the guard heavy yeah 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 so so i definitely i definitely went um uh quite different with that one um so it's kind of a little bit different than what i'm used to um so like looking back i i just i think if I have to like summarize, it's like it's making sure that you know you trust the process, right? At the end of the day, right? Because there's just there's going to be a lot of information. Um, there was I made a lot of mistakes. We'll talk about that, I'm yeah. sure. The pod, you know, some of the mistakes are very similar to ones that you've talked about in the pod before. Like I fell a lot for the Javel McGee mistake, right? especially given the fact that I have lack of centers at the beginning. So I kind of was hanging my hat on a guy like JaVel McGee um, having like a decent year, especially given like the circumstances of them making it seem like he's a starter right off the bat. Like it just, it didn't make, given the information that was provided to us, it just didn't make sense for him to not succeed if you were getting him in the 11th and 12th round, right? Like you're not really you know, paying too much for him. And like the upside of what you could get from him was definitely much better than that. And then the other one was, was definitely, uh, I I would say Jalen green. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. Um, you know, I kind of gave you a little shit a few pods ago, uh, about that, you know, we messaged, messaged about it, but, um, yeah, I definitely wanted to, you know, hear your thoughts going into it. Uh, before we get into that though, in terms of, you know, because, all right, so, People like you guys should go back and like check out the pods that we do with Rocco in the past because he really 
uh, breaks down his fundamental process, uh, how he approaches bas- fantasy basketball, like what he does, his style and things like that. So um, you should go check that out. But uh, in that team that you went um, with Bam and, and Miles Turner, so what was your thinking there? Why did you decide to make that move? Because, yeah, like in the past, you, you usually do like to go guard heavy. And, you know, I guess a lot of it is to rack up the have a good foundation and points. So, yeah, for that particular draft, why did you decide to go in that direction? Well, I mean, looking back, uh, like, you know, obviously with the amount of teams that I draft, it's hard to just really sit back and see like, okay, what specifically happened here? But I do know just by looking at it that what ended up happening is, is that um, I, 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 the, the guards I, I was looking for um, uh, and targeting in that area weren't necessarily there. I I thought, you know, to differentiate, differentiate you know, I haven't really gone this way yeah. before. Let me see how the draft goes. It was one of those, okay. um, like, the, the that draft in uh, particular was one of my, I think, last, like, it was like my fourth or fifth last draft, right? And by the time you get to that point in the draft season, right, like, you, it kind of gets... It, it, I love drafting, but like it gets, you got to do something to change it up a bit, yeah, right? For sure. And 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 you don't want to, you don't want to, you know, with the amount of drafts I'm drafting in, I don't mind doing one or two that are like a little bit way different than what I'm doing, just because of the fact that like considering the investment put in, like one or two is not going to kill you, right? Like if I was drafting four teams and I decide, oh, for two of these drafts, I'm going to change my process, then it doesn't, then that means you don't really have a process because you just did right. it for 50% of your picks, right? right. Um, you know, but, but definitely like, you know, considering like even the su- success of like Turner and the way that he approaches things and just the way things, you know, people are differentiating and stuff, you do want to, you know, let's see how this one works out, especially because, um, if I remember, like that draft was around the time that like some of the um, some of the other uh, heavier, like bigger drafts that I was in that were not slow drafts um, were, were coming up. Okay. And I kind of wanted to get an idea of like how things would go if my start was different than what I'm used to. Because when you're not when you're under the gun. Yeah. And, and you don't have the extra hours to a few hours and with the slow draft, you know, you have like, it's a completely different situation. Right. And, and and it's hard because by the time we get to that point in NFBKC and you start doing those, those like fast drafts where you're, you know, you do the draft in about an hour and a half, you know, you've, you've, you know, I've usually done about 12 to 15 slow drafts by then. So I'm so used to that slow being able to like take my time and see what's going on and then all of a sudden it speeds up real quickly so it's definitely it's definitely good and i and and that's why stan i i really suggest that um anybody who's listening to this pod and is just starting off or even people who who have been doing drafts for a long time you consider doing those um fbi draft only um that we did i know i talked to you about it and yeah. we did a few yeah, them. They were they're fun. like five yeah, they're just five dollars. Um, it's very early on in the season. Uh, you, there's no moves whatsoever during the year. It's only like start sixteen or something, and and like yeah, five dollar investment, top two, forty five, fifteen, and like I got a lot of extra drafting uh, in 
with those with those um, drafts and you kind of get an idea like I said of where people are going what people are thinking um, and you can kind of fool around with your strategy there where it's not a hundred and fifty dollar investment for sure for sure I think uh, yeah the more reps you get I mean it's it's you can never go wrong with that right like I think you get a better sense of the player pool and then when it comes down to like by the time I, I did my main event draft last year like it was almost kind of like an automatic process because I knew yeah. I yeah right I knew the player pool, uh, I knew kind of like where things were going and and because the fantasy basketball streets is a little smaller than the other sports, you kind of know all the players in there, so you kind of know yeah. like I know like I remember the first time we you know we talked and you know Turner you're like yeah this guy Turner likes to do this right <laughs> and then yeah. right so you you know everyone has their nuances and idiosyncrasies so you kind of get a feel for it but um you're right like the the change between the slow draft and uh the live draft definitely takes uh some adjustment period the one thing that that I'll mention is uh like so say like the FBI draft cuz those are mainly on fan tracks and yeah. so while you while you still get like the reps and the player pool there is a big distinction because the way that they rank players in the draft room is different. So that definitely changes yeah. things, right? And it affects the way like people draft too. So, you know, you kind of have to kind of yeah, uh, think about that. Yeah. yeah, a little bit. But but yeah. generally from a macro spence, yeah, um, you get a you, you get a sense. Like, yeah, you know Lillard's going to go here or whatever. Like, yeah. you know, certain players are going to go there. So, yeah, but yeah, more reps is, is good. Uh, I wanted to kind of go back one step a little bit just to kind of give Curtis props because, um, you know, you were giving him props. And, yeah, I like to fuck around with Curtis, but, yeah, he's yeah. one of the best players out there. Uh, just for perspective, uh, last year in the draft champions, uh, so where is it? Oh. Yeah, okay, so draft champions. So you were third. Curtis was fourth, sixth, eighth. <laughs> you know? Um in the that's why I'm pissed, man. That's why I'm pissed <laughs> because because like three or four weeks before the end of the season, I had six teams in the top ten, and like and then all of a sudden, like I dropped and I like it was just it was frustrating. I I, I I'm like there was a time period where I, like a lot of stuff was going on at home, like stuff right at work and stuff like that, and I wasn't as focused yeah. and i i felt it this is the first year that i really felt it because usually i really make that jump at the end yeah. and uh, this year a lot of my teams felt like there was like like the 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 final weekend was like a three and a half k turnaround in profit for me like i i, I made three and a half k less than what i was hoping to make because of stuff that happened in four days yeah yeah it was wild it was crazy yeah there was a lot of a yeah. lot of stuff you know, some things you can control, some things yeah. are out of your control. But yeah, no, I feel you. Uh, in the main event, Curtis took second overall, eighth overall. <laughs> uh, nice. And then, you know, in the, the first draft that you referenced, um, you know, we were when we were set in the ADP, that was really fun. Uh, yeah. That was actually my best my best finish in, in the DC streets. But uh, hey, what do you know? Curtis took first. Uh, he dominated yeah. us in that one. Uh, you he took, did, he did. Yeah, you took second. And, you know, you were referencing, like, certain trends and things like that. And, you know, he took Kyrie AD. And then for the next month, he was pretty much taking Kyrie AD every single draft, you know. And then, you know, my antenna started going up, right. And so I asked him, actually, after the season when we were emailing. I was like, hey, you know, so why, 
you know, what got you to go all in on, on those two guys? Like, why, you know, how did you come to that reason? And he was like, basically, you know, everybody was off him. He was, they were just yeah. undervalued, right? And so, if yeah. you know, if I feel like they're undervalued, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take the value and go. And, and, you know, he pushed all in. And, you know, I think one thing that I've noticed talking to, like, a lot of the top players, not just fantasy basketball, but other sports as well, um, most do not live the hedge life, right? Most, like yeah. you're taking, they're, like they're taking stands, like and kind of like what you're saying, like if your process leads you to certain players, right? You're, I mean, and th you know, you that's why you were kind of getting a little mad, mad at yourself this past year, right? Because, you know, you kind of went away from that, right? Like the Royce O'Neal example, right? But, you yeah. know, if that's like your guy, and, and that's one thing I noticed, once they identify whether it be the value or, you know, some sort of like, whatever, some sort of edge, um, they're not going to hedge that. They're going to push it and press the advantage to its full capacity. And then more yeah. often than not, like that's when they're going to profit the most. Right. And so yeah. uh, I noticed that and that definitely Curtis, uh, I saw that, you know, especially this year, I did notice it last year too. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, props to Curtis, you know, I, I, I do give you shit, but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's all out of love and respect and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's fun and it's humbling to be able to, you know, talk to you guys and to kind of pick your brains, uh, and, and things like that. So, um, you know, much, much respect on that. So, uh, heading into the season, uh, I, I granted so many drafts and, you know, it was a long time ago. Were there any certain things that kind of stood out to you, like entering the season that like this is I'm going to plant my flag here or some sort of like macro stuff that uh, you kind of identified going through your process in the offseason? Well, like I said, I, I, I realized very early on in the drafts that um, I, I, I thought, and it's and and looking back, I think it, it turned out pretty good. That that I I can really, um, I I really needed to push with the points, right? Okay. And 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 the thing is, is that that that's a little bit um, different than what I would have done in previous years. Like I've like I mean, points is is important. It it, it dries up really quickly. Um, uh, but I think in in prior years I didn't put as much emphasis on it. Like as I look, like when I used to look back at my prior year drafts, I used to look at them and I wasn't really high up there in in the points category. It was always like you know field goal percentage, free throw percentage, like the steal. I was I'm always low on blocks, right? And just because of the way I build my teams, but you know you saw like drafting with me that like yeah. in those first six to ten drafts like like I, I, we're getting to we're getting to round six seven and and sometimes i already had i had five guards right so like whereas a lot it was a, again the anti-turner approach right yeah. like at that point usually turner already had his like <laughs> yeah. six six forwards and 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 a center yeah. right and i mean and so i was kind of going the opposite of that but i don't think i was going as ex extreme as him like i i definitely ensured that i had at least one like forward and one center in those you know in those top six, seven, but I, I like, it was really like, it was where people were falling. Like I, I was really, I, it was to my detriment about Jalen green 
right? And like, like he was in a lot of my teams. It didn't end up hurting me that much though, because of the fact that like a lot of times he ended up being my fourth or fifth guard, right? right? So like I had, and, and, and the thing is, is that like, in on those teams, some of those some of those guards that I that I picked up earlier than him, if if they went down, like his scoring like was still what was expected. Like he was a great scorer. And you know, I definitely in 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 um building my teams and 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 figuring out like what this guy was gonna do, like I thought there was going to be incremental changes in in all his stats and that you know he would have like more success with his field goal percentage but with that being said like like his his kind of like bottom to worst outcome I was still kind of factoring that into like drafting him like when I was drafting him like for the most part I was taking him because I wanted his scoring and I was hoping an increase in assists but it was mostly the scoring which still held up and that's why I think even though I drafted like he was a hype on a high percentage of my teams I I didn't suffer as much as I thought I would because of the fact that um, at the end of the day, it was really the scoring I was going after, and I had buttered up like all the other categories enough that he didn't really kill me as much as as you think he would have. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, was your optimism because of the the run he had at the end of the season, or like what did you see in him? Because he's a young player, yeah, potential. What it was, it was, it was a lot of the run at the end, yeah. right? Because like yeah, he was, he was crazy. He, yeah, it was it was a it was a big difference, yeah. right? It was a drastic difference, and it's like, is this is like if this guy even goes at like eighty to ninety percent of what he did in that last month, right? Which is is not out of the like it's not crazy to think of, right? right? Like you know he like he's uh, where he's being drafted, he's it's gonna be it's gonna be great, right? But then the thing is, is that you don't like factor in like the shit show that is that organization, right? Like they made a lot of like stupid decisions. It sounds like you know, um, like even just the way they were off the bench, the way the communication with the coaches and stuff like that. Like it, it's kind of like in prior years where I, you know, I refused to draft players from OKC because they just worried they were just worried me so much right like I just you don't know what to expect right like even like a guy that would be like a fourth or fifth best player in OKC that guy might get shut down at the end of the season because you have no clue what to expect right so so and and I kind of like wish I had gone that route with Houston right like because aside from um you know, their center, which it took a while even to get him going, yeah. um, you know, like it, it wasn't, it wasn't pretty in Houston. It wasn't, it was, like you said, it was a complete shit show. Um, if it makes you feel any better, uh, Gazdowicz took Jalen Green in our main event in the fifth round. So, you yeah. know, Hey, <laughs> you know, like, uh, there was no, there are definitely signs uh, for that. Um, I, I totally get it. Uh, in terms of going forward, um, what, what's your views on Jalen Green now? I don't know. It's tough. I, I think it's going to be a lot's going to be based on, uh, number one, what happens with the coach. Yeah. Right. So, you know, um, we'll see if they end up getting Nick nurse there. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to be a good or bad thing considering he was with the Raptors. I know a lot of what, what he does. Um, 
I don't know if he's going to have the patience for a young team mm. um, and uh, dealing with with the, with those personalities um, if they do end up going with with Nick Nurse. And then again, there's there's the draft, right? Like, yeah. I mean, they're going to likely they're likely getting a top three pick, and you know. Um, I, I'm not sure, you know, like there's a lot of talk on who's going first and second and those guys are, you know, uh, we know their positions, but I don't know how that's going to affect that team in general. Like there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed and they're not, they're not, it's going to be young mouths, right? Like it's not going to be very much veteran presence um, in, in that team. So like, I, I think it's going to be a gong show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of moving parts there. Um, the the thing that I, I saw with Green this past year and then a lot of uh, things that I read, not just about him, but about Houston in general. Um, yeah, you know, lack of veteran presence, uh, coach. Uh, but Jalen Green in particular, like, you know, his defensive effort, his IQ, um, like we know he can get buckets. Like he's always been, yeah. been able to get buckets. So, uh, you know, there's no issue from that perspective. But, um, you know, is he... Is he too one-dimensional now? You know, because before the kind of the career arc or the career projection was that uh, he could be one of the superstars, right? Now, yeah. man, I don't know, man. You know, like I feel like he's just gonna be like a Malik Monk type of guy. You know, like high, you know, score off the bench, which it's not a bad player, right? But I don't, yeah. I ha- I really have my doubts with him being a, a franchise type player because he is so one-dimensional and. Uh, in terms of certain, you know, habits, work habits or IQ uh, intensity, uh, work, you know, things like that, um, you know, there have been questions there. And the problem is, is that, you know, like he kind of had a bit of that label on him going into the NBA as is. Yeah. And then so like if you've got that going, like you you need you need to get into a system right away and correct that pretty quickly before your head gets bigger. Like, I mean, you, you take, you take Jalen green and you put him on Miami heat. Like you probably have a completely different outcome of like, of, of his attitude and just like his focus, et cetera. Right. Um, so, you know, and, and, and maybe he, he, you know, he realizes what kind of player he is. He makes some adjustments, etc. Now, I don't know um, if it's going to be too late. Like, even if they get in a coach that is um, successful at, at managing those kind, that, that kind of psyche and that like that age group, you know, there's a little bit too much of the same thing, you know. And um, like, I don't know, what are you going to do, right? Uh, and then you're and you're adding more to it, right? right? Like they got all these young draft picks that are coming in, and it's going to be a lot of the same. Like, do like I don't see them just turning around and saying, "Hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gather a bunch of these guys and 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 go for and grab some all star or something," right? Like, I mean, like there's that silly talk of like Harden going back because of his passion for Houston <laughs> strip joints, but like, I mean, at the end of the day, like if Philly, like with Embiid getting hurt now, like and maybe missing a little bit of time in the playoffs if philly doesn't go on a long you know run in these playoffs right like like harden wants a championship like is he really going to go back to houston and and it's going to make even a bigger gong show if you ask me it would but man have you seen the strip clubs down there i mean you know (laughs) i'm just just saying like i i just i i i just think there's just there's too much like 
like there's just too much silliness yeah. around Houston, the Houston yeah. situation right now um, to kind of <clears throat> like, you know, warrant like what's going to happen, like to uh, like a high draft pick on, on Jalen Green. Like, I think that ship has sailed. Like, obviously, if like he's around, like, like, I mean, even though he had a terrible season, like with with that type of scoring, depending on who they draft, if he's sitting around in the in the 70s to 90s, you might have to still take a chance, especially if you if you went like bigs early and you need some scoring all right you you might have to still take that chance but you but like now i think we got a better idea of the fact that his his negatives are definitely going to be negatives like you better be ready for them because um i don't think there's there's a lot of upside right away in turning that around like it might take a while like it's going to take like I said, veteran presence, better coaching, etc. So I don't think it's going to be a snap of the fingers. Jalen Green's going to turn around and have a great season next year. Yeah, agreed, agreed. And then you know, also like if the situation does change, whether it be coach or different team, um, I mean, the usage and the volume is going to come down. It's like like that yeah. type of transformation is going to happen, right? So uh, you know, you would need that loss of usage to be counterbalanced which with an increase in efficiency which would probably happen but it would take time like you said yeah um so yeah that, yeah it's an interesting one so last week i had um you know kimball on the pod and so his main thing was uh he his focus was on building uh efficiency so he's you know free throw percentage the percentages he wanted to be solid in the percentages yeah. and then kind of build around there so He's not taking the Jalen Greens of the world, you know. Maybe unless it falls, yeah. Uh, Trey Young, he's not taking those guys. So, like, what, what what's your thoughts on on uh, like that type of build? You know, you know, like I, I really like that podcast, and one thing that I really enjoyed uh, uh, from that podcast was the fact that he was talking about even for head to head, right? Like the fact that he kind of went with that approach and and the thing is is that i've always in head-to-head gone with that approach and in the last like year or two i kind of switched back switched into this like um you know building teams with like think specifically with like three or four categories in mind or like you know tanking one or two Mm -hmm. categories etc i i'm 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 definitely going back to how it used to be i i I, and i'm gonna i'm gonna give you some reasons why like number one is that like with the amount of teams that i'm drafting like you know i i didn't i I didn't i i was very frustrated this year in my head-to-head leagues and the reason why i was frustrated is that my common thing was that i was able to put a lot of time and effort into the regular season finish first or second and then I end up losing because of some stupid injury (laughs) or like some, you know what I mean? It it was just a common thing. Like I had, I I was only, I think in other than those head, like those draft only, I was only in about four or five head to head leagues. uh, One of them being a dynasty. I finished top two in all those leagues, but yet I, I, I didn't cash in any of them. Right. And, and it was like losing to like a seventh place team that, that like, you know, got some random player back at the very end, even though their team wasn't successful for most of the year. And, and it's just frustrating. Right. And the thing is, is that I think his approach is great because of the fact that, you know, when you've got a lot of teams going on, like it's hard, number one, to keep track of what builds right. you have exactly. for different teams. I had that problem. Right. So that's, that's number one. Right. Number two is like, 
it's just so much easier to to kind of get a well-rounded guy off of waivers like some guy that's just going to get you a little bit of of everything you you're not like stressing out about a specific category okay like a, every week i got to look for like block guys because like i know that that's my you know fifth category that's going to be the one that might flip this matchup okay um and like i found with the amount of like injuries and sit downs that like it, like y- you can make these categories so strong with like these like high end players, but like two of those players get hurt, and like all of a sudden those advantages like are they're they're not they're not that big, right? Because you, at the end of the day, it's a twelve team league. A lot of people are trying to do the same things, yeah. right? Like there's a lot of very similar builds, and I'm thinking that now, like it's actually less people are going with that well-rounded approach where they're just kind of trying to make the best well-rounded team and head to head. Cause everybody is trying to stick to, Oh, all I got to do is, is win five, four every week, get into the playoffs. And then when I get to the playoffs, I'm going to keep winning five, four. Right. So everybody's kind of looking for the same players. Right. And, 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 and that's what it ends up being. And then depending on where you draft, if you're drafting 11th or 12th, then some of the some of the teams ahead of you are already taking and like some of the players that you're you're probably going to target in whatever build you're creating, and then you're kind of getting the the you know the leftovers too, right? So there's there's a lot to think about when it comes to head to head. Like I I I loved just like when I was doing head-to-head home leagues and stuff like that, when I was right getting into fantasy basketball, yeah. I loved just dominating every damn category. <laughs> right. Right? Like, it's just, it, it, it makes you feel so good just feeling like you just built that perfect <laughs> team that, like, is just kicking people's ass, yeah. like, 9 nothing. I know it's so hard yeah, to yeah, do, yeah. Yeah. right? But I just found I had so much more success with that. So, like, that's why I really, I, I found some comfort in, in Kimball's, um, uh, you know, that, that podcast you guys did. Because it kind of gave me a little bit of, like, it solidified what I've been thinking for a long time now. That, like, I think we've gone too much the other way with fantasy basketball, especially head-to-head, where people are trying to, like, forget about categories. And, um, and, 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 and I, think, I think we've gone too much the other way. Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, there's a lot of really good points there. Um, my experience this past season, I did a shit ton of head-to-head leagues. And I, I I definitely had a very... I was happy in the way that I was very focused um, because I had a plan for each team. And so I went the other way. I The pendulum swung because I wanted to, uh, you know, just try different things and... and Take it, take it to the extreme. So yeah, I was on the like, five four win and just you know dominate things like that. And I had so many teams that like so many different styles, right? And so many different categories. So you know, it gave me a pretty good sample size of kind of like just thoughts for now, right? So yeah, um, I think the I think the good point that you made was that um, yeah, a lot of people are like okay, you're gonna try to win five four six three. And then because because you think that it's impossible to win nine zero, right? But yeah. the where I'm at now is that yes, it is very hard to win nine zero. But 
I actually think that it may be easier to win 9-0 than to consistently win 5-4 every week. And yeah. the reason why I say that is because a lot of the... So I, I basically had a million punt teams. And yeah. most of them most of them come down to steals. And steals is the most volatile it's category. It's so volatile. You know? I know. Like, like you think that you're planning for it and accounting for it, but you just you cannot. You just cannot. And, and so that really changes the it has to change the the calculus right and so well and stan like if you look back at your teams yeah. you're gonna have to be honest with yourself right go back after our podcast yeah. look at your your punt teams and and how many times did you overdraft alex caruso yeah. <laughs> Right, exactly. because exactly. because it's natural, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's natural, yeah. right? Because you're 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 thinking about which categories to hit, yeah. and then steals ends up being one of those swing categories because you can kind of find those with like wings mm -hmm. or guards, and you can so you can kind of target certain ones, etc. Near the end of your draft, and so you start taking these home run swings, and like sometimes it just doesn't work out, right? Um, just like you said, steals is so you know even Josh Lloyd says it on his podcast too right like like you know from one year like like unless you're Drew Holiday yeah, yeah like so consistent, who consistently yeah. has the same no. damn steal number 5, 5, 5, 5, 5. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right like you're you're like it's it's all over the place right like yeah. like look at OG and Anobi and like all these other players right like Gary Trent right yeah. just to to name a couple of Raptors because of the home team right but yeah and 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 that's why I just it's it's just um uh, again and 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 I have no clue how you did that man like honestly to have that many teams and have all these different builds yeah. like that that's a hard thing to do. Well, that right? was that was another good point that you made keeping yeah. track of them because I'm yeah. fucking going through it. I'm like shit. Okay, I have KD here. Okay, so I know which build here, but then I have KD somewhere else, and I did another build, and so you know obviously well, I, you know I have to yeah, you know, whatever I, I have to name the team better. Yeah. Yeah, but the problem the problem though with that too is that a lot of times in season you're like you're not going to be you're going to be looking at that week's matchup. Yeah. Right? So That's you're going to be looking at that week's matchup and that week's matchup might be actually different than what your normal outcomes yeah, would be. For sure. And so you're trying to win that match and you might make a move that's counterintuitive to what your actual build is yeah. because during that week, it just happens to be a weird week, yeah, yeah. right? So, so like, and I found that that was happening with me because there were times where like I was facing teams with similar builds. And so I was losing in my strong categories. Right, right. And because you've got so many teams going on, you're like looking at that <laughs> team and you're like, okay, so I'm shit at blocks right. and rebounds. But then you look at your players and you're like, wait a sec, that's impossible. Right. It's just that this team is way better than me this week yeah. in blocks and rebounds, right? Yeah. And so then it, it, it confuses you. You you make decisions that are, are, like I said, counter to what your team build originally originally was and then but that doesn't happen when you have a well-rounded team when you have a well-rounded team you know you know what this week maybe because of games played i'm a little bit off or, whatever, or i'm facing a team that has a lot of bigs so i'm gonna lose out on my big categories i might still beat them five four yeah. 
right? I got to just grind out this other stuff. And because I'm so good across the board, I might even beat him in one of the ones that he's really strong on because like his player that gives him the extra games played this week, he's not getting those games, yeah. right? So there's, a, there's just so much involved in head to head that I think trying to go in and think that like you're going to like dominate by, by, by having a, a, a certain build it, it, like I get it mathematically, yeah. you really it, it it really has a foundation to it, but then like it's the reality, right? Like of being able to pull it off. Yeah, like I I, I think it makes a lot of sense, and it, it can work and it can be successful, oh. and and I've seen it work. I think my issue with it where I'm at now is that um, the margin of error is just so thin. Like everything yeah. has to fucking go right, you know. Yeah. What like and like you said, matchup, right? Games played is obviously the, that's the assumption for everything, right? Um, but health and then you know just just everything, yeah. But whereas if you have a well-rounded team, um, my issue was I always I used to think that uh, the upside wasn't as high with a well-rounded team because you're kind of like you know jack of all trades, master yeah. of none type yeah. of thing, but. Um, I, I now I think where I'm at right now is it, it gives you more of a puncher's chance and actually you have more upside with a well around the team because if everything breaks right you can win 9-0 whereas the other yeah. right other styles is you're capped you're you've already automatically capped yourself right and so like I said it's just the margin of error is just so thin that it's just very hard to to the, do that on a consistent basis um yeah so yeah that, that, that's and I, and I, the 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 other thing I I truly believe is that no matter how how much you think that you're not um, taking guys earlier than than you should, I found that like whenever I'm facing I'm in these leagues and there's like obvious punt teams, yeah. I look at their drafts yeah. and when it when we get to around like round nine, ten, eleven, uh, ultimately people are are drafting players that they likely could have got at least a couple rounds later For sure but it's the um, fomo it, it, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. To, to, just because they want to fill out that like they really want to increase those blocks yeah. and then like and and so really like they end up like lowering their totals in those other categories so much that they don't give themselves a fighting chance. Like at some point you got to realize like you still got to go for the value on the board, right? Like it might not be a guy that's part of your build, but if you're going to be able to pick up that block guy two rounds later, anyways, don't reach for him. Yeah. Right. And it's hard not to though. That's the problem, you right? Cause you're like, shit. Like <laughs> if I get this one last block guy, nobody's touching right. me in blocks, right, right. but like, damn like that's why they play the season right like shit happens for sure for sure yeah. what's uh I, I wanted to give you uh, your thoughts on this like so in other pods um kind of working backwards so like for blocks for example um because okay like a lot of times like you have your basic you know thesis of how you're gonna approach things right points guards type of thing and so are you looking at where the blocks are and then kind of identifying certain tiers or areas where you're going to you're where you're thinking of you know filling in the blocks or how are you how, how are you approaching that like if you if you kind of decide like yeah i want to build points and guards early type of thing 
Well, the thing is, is that um, with 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 blocks, um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of hard, Stan, because you know the way I look at it is like I'm all about the math, yeah. and so what ends up happening is is that like I'm I'm taking like every draft as like an individual case, right? I'm trying really hard to do that because. Um, you know, when I look back at some of my teams, like some of my better teams are damn ugly. Like they looked ugly. Like you look at those teams and you're like, how the fuck was that a first place team? <laughs> yeah. Right. And then like, and the thing is, is that like, like, like sometimes ugly wins. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because like, it's just the way the numbers come together and, and work together. Right. And so like, as I'm, as I'm progressing through the drafts, like, and I'm, I'm plugging information into my spreadsheets. Like I'm really looking at like, where do I stand compared to everyone else? Like in these categories and when specifically for this draft, do I have to take my shot? Right. Because it's it's like unless I do like unless I do that, it's really hard to really understand if I'm reaching for those blocks too early, if I can wait around. Like if I see that, like, you know, the the difference, the difference, like if I'm not going to if if I'm going into round six and seven and I'm in the bottom five in blocks. OK. And those top six teams are way ahead of the bottom six teams and I'm not going to reach them anyways. Well, then I'm going to continue to dominate the other categories and I'm just going to make sure that I can get to the top end of those bottom six, right? Like how much is my difference between being like the fourth last and be, because like in, in, in these draft only roto categories, you can't, you can't finish 11th and 12th in a category yeah. for the most part to finish first. Like you could finish second, third with one really bad category, but it's rare that I've seen anyone do it with, with a, a 12th place finish. Right. For sure. So you like, you know, so you, you want to finish first in your division. You're, you're, you know, you're not going to want to go lower than like probably eighth in a, in, in one of your categories. What's your, do you have a, so do I, you have a target for each category? Like third, a half, uh, you, you know, I, I like I, I always I, like I've always targeted like top two or three top with two. my percentages, no matter what. Okay. Um, and and I, I, I always try like if I st like I said, if there's one category that is um, uh, below six um, and like it's vastly below six, I try to make sure that I get that based on my projections closer to like eight okay because i like i said don't want that one category being much less than eight because at the end of the day like i'm, I'm not going to tell you my projections are, are going to be perfect yeah. so like like i i, I don't want to like base everything on it but I, I but if i don't at least give like weight to it then 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 what's the point of even doing it yeah, yeah. right no, so like I, I, I have to be able to uh, trust it right and so like 
you know, and, and, and we did that, right? Like, like mm-hmm. in our chats, even in our drafts, like we would always like go back and forth and, and you'd say to me, oh, so where do I project? Or like, you know, like, and I would joke around with you and say, look, you know, as of now, you know, you're projecting <laughs> six or seven yeah. or whatever, but, and I'm projecting second, yeah. but it's based on my projections. Right. So like, if, if I'm projecting ninth on my own projections, then what the fuck am I doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you, like, you should be winning with your projections. Yeah. Yeah, like like it means I'm not I'm not going with what I think, right, right, right. Um, but it's easy to fall into that trap though because if you're not keeping track of your numbers and the way you're doing compared to the other teams as you go, then like you might think that you're drafting a good team, but at the end of the day, like the stats have to add up, right? Like you could be getting value for a player, like oh this player projects out to be a a, a top twenty player in my projections, and 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 he's still there at. 35 if it doesn't fit what you've done so far like it doesn't matter yeah no absolutely and you're doing the your projections is leaning towards you're doing the totals right not per game. yeah it's yeah. totals for me i i like i and, and you know everybody argues against it i i don't know what to tell you like I, like for me this i've been successful with it i'm happy with it um you know i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna change it uh, like i you know i i find like at times when I was doing my bench players, I started like second guessing myself. I'm like, you know what? Maybe like because they're not in as often, I should be looking at more upside and stuff like that. But then I was like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm like, these guys don't have roles, yeah. and I need stats. Yeah. I like, I like, I don't give a shit about their upside. Yeah, no, minutes are gold, man. You know, minutes are yeah. gold. Playing like dudes can't give you fantasy goodies. You know, if they're not on the court. Um, I think since I started talking to you, uh, I've you know, over the years, like I've definitely, uh, the pendulum has swung more towards the totals for me too. I think my main concern or main worry about doing it was like, you know, projecting games played and health and things like that. And in the beginning, I felt like it was such a fruitless endeavor. But yeah. one, the more I started doing it is like, you know, and like you said, projections are not the holy grail. They just give you a baseline, yeah. a guideline. So you know, all you can do is kind of, you know, give your best guess towards it. But um, that's the process, right? Like, you yeah. know, like, yeah, I mean, you know, you can, you know, like Anthony Davis, you're not projecting him for 80 games, right? So, I mean, you can be, no, feel pretty no. So, you know, you drop him down and things like that. Yeah. So I've definitely gotten a lot more comfortable uh, with the totals. And I think it actually makes more sense uh, because it gives you a clearer picture of the landscape. You know, I think... Uh, uh, per game stats uh, definitely distort things um, and causes you to to miss a lot of the important information. I think um, so. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I've definitely you I, I, you've infected me. You've infected me, Rago. <laughs> well, the, the, uh, what I was gonna say too is like the other the other pro, like the other thing is is that it's given our format. Like I keep going back to format, right? Like you know, like if we had a a games played cap. And it was like a day-to-day switch and stuff. Yeah. Like that's one thing, yeah. but like, like it, it, like with the way the NFBKC is set up with the Monday to Thursday and Friday to Sunday, it's just so challenging. If you can't, if there's guys that you know are going to be sitting like randomly, like the Kawhis. Like I get, like Kawhi at the beginning of the year was a friggin' disaster, yeah. and some people would say based on where they drafted him that they were probably successful riding him out and near the end of the year, etc. But I would say that, like, if you talk to most people that are in NFBKC, they probably struggled from week to week on whether or not to sit or start him, like, 
uh, both points of the week, right? Because of the of the week. And the thing is, is that at the beginning of the year, right? And and like I had this set out, like the Clippers had like the like up up until like mid February from like end of November, they were the team that had the most three games in four nights, Monday to Thursday games played of any team in the NBA. So if you had like Clippers on your team, especially for like, um, you know, the non draft champs, you know, like if you were on those teams with fab and you were picking up guys like Norm Powell or like some of those uh, Clipper bench guys, you were getting three games in at the start of the week before the Thursday, right? Like, like realistically, like how many times did Kawhi really play like two or three of those three games? Who knows? I, I doubt very much. Right. And then, so you don't know whether to start them. And then because they played three games in four nights, then their Friday to Sunday was likely one game. And so then you got him for the one game. And then if that one game is on a Sunday and he's got a back-to-back with the Monday, you don't even know if you got him for that game. So, like, I mean, I, I just think it's a shit show. Yeah. No, it's, it's you know, uh, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know, like, why? There's, there's no... You don't need to take that risk and that and have that headache, especially when there's other players right around them where you know yeah. you can you know you can do it. So why? Yeah, don't be a hero. Um, yeah, you know, like just minutes game played. Uh, I mean, that's it. Really is, it really is king, man. So I wanted to ask you. You said you weren't particularly happy with your season this year. Um, you know, you did have some great finishes, but uh, what were some of the things that you kind of weren't happy about and things that you learned i think like i said um one of the things the struggles is um setting those lineups grinding right to the end right um you know some of those um you know you have some when you got as many teams as i've got going on um you know a lot of times i find the last month and a half or so is when i like like up up until about like a month and a half left in a season, I'm really just setting my best lineup, right? Like I'm going through and I'm really, I'm not like in, in these Roto leagues and NFBKC, I'm, I'm, especially if I'm in the top, like, like it's, it's hard to gauge like, Oh, I don't, I, you know, I don't really need this category as much. So I'm going to like start sitting more of my guards in the flex position and put more bigs in. Right. Like, I really make that push that last month and a half, right? So the last month and a half, I kind of sit down and right before I'm setting my lineups, I go and I look at my individual standings and I check and I say, okay, this team's in in third and, you know, I can gain three or four points because, you know, I can, I can gain in the steals category. I can gain in the assist category. Okay, maybe I need to go a little bit more guard heavy with this team. Yeah. And I start making individual notes for each of my teams. And, and that's where I've been really successful in the past. And this year, just because of, like, being busy, etc., I found that I pushed that a little bit later right and and it was too late yeah. right i couldn't like uh, uh it, you know i was doing that more the last 3 weeks and at that at that point 
it's such a gong show with the way they're sitting players and stuff like that, that if you want to make those pushes in certain categories or even just protect categories because other people have made those pushes, it's it's really hard to do. So I, I think my, my, my thing I realized this, this year is that I, I can't wait too long, right? Like I just waited too long this year. And, and that's why I like some of those teams I, I, I draw, like there was one, there was a, a DC team that I went into Sunday, um, like with a three point lead in the standings ahead of second place. And, um, I ended up in a four way tie for second. Like that's how tight it was, dude. Like we're talking like the team in the team in second gained like those three or four points on me. Yeah. Okay, they were close enough to me that they beat me in a couple of those things, and it was like a, a a double a double jump because it was them that was that was beating me in the category, and so I dropped to second and then tied with three other teams. So it's like I went from winning eight hundred bucks to a four way tie for four hundred, yeah. so a hundred. So it's a seven hundred dollar swing yeah, yeah. in one day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like that's crazy, dude. Yeah. And so when I'm looking at that, I'm kicking myself for leaving it till that long. Right. Because then you, you it's out of your hands yeah. that last Saturday and Sunday. Like it's BS. You can't do anything about it. Like your guys are sitting. Everyone else's guys sitting. It's pure luck. It's basically like one random team in the NBA decides that even though they made the playoffs, they want their starters to continue starting on the Sunday for 12 minutes. And like, Harden's on there for 12 minutes. You didn't think he'd be on there for. He gets a few extra assists, and then you lose a category. Yeah. yeah. Right. But it shouldn't be that close. Yeah, no. I shouldn't have left it to that close. No, I hear you. Right? So when you say that, yeah. uh, you know, you're too late. So when would you start making that? That like, when would you start pressing the NOS button? What like what? You know what? All star break or? I think I think I think a week or so, a week or so after All Star okay. break moving forward, yeah. which is what I usually would have done in the past. And like I said, I I took my foot off the gas this year a little bit, and um and it, and 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 I paid for it when it came to that. And then when it comes to the um uh like the non DC like you know the ones with the fab yeah. like definitely I I I have to like I have to exercise more self-control with my fab uh, earlier in the year, right? Like I think like, uh, you know, I'm not the only one and, and you and, and, and Joel aren't the only ones that fell into the bull bull trap, right? Like, you know, so like a lot of, a lot of my, my teams didn't have the bigs. And when we saw bull bull come out and do what he was doing those first couple of weeks, like I found that I, 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 I shot out a lot of my fab on those teams. And then these last few weeks, um, it was a struggle because you've got like the, the turners of the world that are like grinding every week. They're getting those games played by, by getting guys for $2, $3 every week. And they're constantly shuffling those last three to four uh, roster spots in their 16. And, um, and you're left with like six, $7 fab and you're trying to figure out when to use it. And you can't even get those games played because even if you know you don't want to bid three or four on one guy and lose it all in one shot, yeah. and but like you're gonna lose out to Turner because he's been strategically um, like using his fab the whole year. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I will give myself credit for this one. I did pick a bowl for two bucks, 
or like right like i think it was, you did yeah. i remember yeah, first I remember. first or second week yeah. so yeah, yeah i took a shot i yeah. got lucky i'm not saying yeah, i'm smart yeah i got super lucky no 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 you because you 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 got him the week before everybody went yeah him. yeah so i yeah like, i got him yeah, yeah. You were just early on hey, I, yeah. I had a pure luck so i'm gonna pat myself on the back with that but the rest of my yeah. i had a pretty shitty season too so um but yeah that's a good point fab i did notice i played in a lot of uh, leagues with Turner and uh, especially our main event. We were in the same main event. Um, yeah, one dollar, two dollar. He's grind because you know, especially the way that he's building his team is the bigs, and yeah. he, you know, yeah. the the three pointers, all that stuff. So the fucking Grayson Allen's of the world, they're superfluous. Yeah. So he's just yeah. fucking grinding and churning those guys. I see every week five dollars yeah. he's spending, but he's getting five yeah. guys. And you look yeah. at their games played, those guys are playing three games on the Monday through Thursday, yeah. right? And yeah. Whatever. So, yeah, he's churning, churning, churning. And then the yeah. great thing about it is at the end, he had the fucking hammer. So, yeah. you know, with games, play, oh, there were guys like Lillard went down, Simons went down. Yeah. I forgot exactly who it was, but I think it was Simons. Um, yeah. You know, he came back from his ankle injury earlier. And fucking yeah. Turner, he was the only one with the with the wad. Right. So yeah. boom. Right. He had, and then yeah. he still has stuff to grind. So, yeah, that's definitely one thing I'm going to be more aware of, too, is just like I need to have yeah, at least some until the end, have a hammer because those situations do come up. Right. Because people get fucking. Well, he desperate. took he took he took in one of my leagues, someone near the end got desperate yeah. and dropped Durant. Yeah. <laughs> and he took Durant. Yeah. And so, like he got he got some good stats from Durant at the end too. And and when you're getting him for like like twelve bucks at the end of the year, yeah. and he's your last guy on your roster, even if just two or three games played, you're gonna you're you're like fuck, I got Durant for like nothing. And and those stats make a difference. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, yeah, definitely lesson learned for next year. Um, I you know I I actually I kind of like the Fab leagues more. You know. Um, I think you like the I've DCs. Gotten better. Yeah, you like the DCs. Uh, you know, better. I, I've got, I've gotten better with the, with the fab leagues. Mm. Like the first couple years, like I said, I think my struggle was that I was playing so much DC that I was, uh, I, I was so into, um, like falling in love with my own team and being worried about making changes. And so I fell into that trap of not realizing that those last four guys really have to be like just constantly moving in and out. Like it's one thing if you only have the three, right? But like, and you still have that one solid bench guy that you're, you're whatever, but you have to really think when you're drafting my, like I got my 12 starters and those last four, I don't, I don't give a shit who they are. I just need stats from them, impactful stats on a week-to-week basis. And I think that's the way you got to look at it, right? Like, unless you really hit gold with one of those bench guys where somebody really drops and they're like, they're guys you wouldn't drop, you have to really be able to, like, just turn around those four constantly to be successful. And I think I was really reluctant to do that at the beginning. And so I found it challenging, whereas now... The last, like this year, was probably one of more, my more successful years in my fab leagues in 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 um, NFBKC because I mean I think um, I did I did I did seven satellites and um, out of the seven satellites I finished first in two and I finished in the money on the third and then the other ones were like fifth six finishes nice. so I was pretty happy with them and then the um, those that other that other I'm not sure what they're called uh, 
the the leagues that they have. That's a three hundred and fifty dollar entrance. Oh, I think it's um, maybe? the Ro- Roto, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Roto Wire yeah. Online Championships. So I think I'm, like, I'm going to do I one mean, of those next year. I, I really like those, and I, I I joined, I joined five of those, and I and I finished first, second, third, sixth, sixth. Yeah, this. So so yeah, so top six in all five, and and so there there's definitely been and and actually in that one. I was second overall for most of the year. I fell to fourth that last week. So, I mean, fourth is still like, I think like $2,000 or something. So that's good. And like, and then another team finished like top 25. So, so I mean, I was pretty, I was pretty happy with, with how those teams went. And, and I have to, I, I, you know, I have to give you my props too, because, you know, you helped me out with my, um, with my um, best ball, right? Like I finished third overall in the best ball competition first in my division. And, and to be honest with you, I, I, I did one best ball a couple of years ago, but it's, it's not like, it's not my number one thing. And, and I kind of struggled with it. And, and I remember, you know, just giving, asking you for some advice in that and, uh, and, you know, with, you know, who to go with and stuff like that. And you're helping me out with that. And it ended up, <laughs> yeah, it ended up working out really well. Nice. Yeah. No, that's good to hear, you know, like, cause yeah. you know, I'm just some dude, you know, like you guys, you guys are the guys, you know, winning all, all the shit, but, um, I mean, I was I was freaking out though with that best ball because <laughs> I thought I had I thought I had our division like like in right like I'm like oh I got I got the division I I'm trying to make a put the first overall was like really hard to get to so I'm like I I don't know if I'll I'll hit first overall but hopefully I hold on to second and then freaking Wong man at the end he just like started climbing up the standings and I thought he was gonna take me uh, for first in the division near the end there I was kind of freaking out a bit. Um, but I ended up uh, holding him off. Nice. Now, you know, the one good, you know, the thing that I'm always most impressed about you is, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things. The grinding uh, and the process is obviously number one, but then two, your consistency. Like, every format, I mean, you're always in contention for overalls, you know, and it's like, I mean, that's uh, that's a testament to your process, right? It just fucking... You know, much kudos, man. It's 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 fucking nuts. Raz Raz Jam hurt me this year. Raz Jam like just <laughs> it, it stoked through my heart, right? Because like honestly, oh, like because you know, like there was a time there where like like well, first of all, we you know we had the side bet going, yeah. and I had a huge lead in the side bet, and then friggin' Turner comes out of nowhere. Like and in like a two to three week span, I had a six point lead on him in the overall in the side challenge, and then he turns it around to a six point lead on me, and I'm like, geez, <laughs> like now I'm trying to hold on to second, and then in in the overall, like 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 I said with Kimball, like uh, like I thought like there was a time period where I was first in that yeah. league, uh, like overall, saw, it wasn't saw, for long, that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it wasn't for long, but but I'm like, oh, maybe I got a chance here. I, for a long time, I was in the 20s, and then I I made a push, and then I was like, you know, second, I, and then there was like like he said on the pod, there was one. I finally got really close to him, and I thought, oh, I might I might take him, and then the, and then he started paying attention. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a dominating finish for him. Uh, I mean, yeah, man, that top four is is. Pretty pretty impressive. Kimball Turner two, Wong third, Rocco four. Um, wow, that's uh, that's pretty impressive, man. It was fun. It was a it was a fun it was a fun thing. And like, uh, like I had, you know, I, I thought I had a pretty 
tough division too like my like the guys that like the thing is is that like with the division is that like i i i barely finished first in my division right mm. like i had philip uh phil Ozzy on my on in my yeah, division yeah. I don't, was good. i'm not sure yeah. that he's yeah the, the, i mean there were times where i was second overall but he was ahead of me in the division so like I was second overall and he was like ninth overall, but then he was ahead of me in the division because of the way the stats were yeah. going. And I got, you know, I had James Anderson in my in in my in my division too, and he's he's a really good player. And then like I mean, even though I I I I, I like to give him shit, Eric <laughs> Jennings, Eric Jennings, who's been really super quiet. Actually, he has been. Know. He has been. He's, I think he has been. Quiet. I haven't uh, talked to him in a while. Um, I don't know, man. I think we gotta talk more shit about Jennings. <laughs> well, I think I think Jenicky did Jenicky take down our midseason. Oh, he might have. He may have. Yeah, he might have. He may have taken the midseason. Um, I, 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 and I mean, honestly, I hope you guys join next year too. Like, I really Dude, enjoyed that format. I'm in. I'm in forever for life. I'm in for life. So. Yeah, that, that, that midseason draft was really fun. Yeah. It was kind of, it was really cool. I know, uh, I know, um, you know, Joel's a little bit disappointed because, uh, you know, he went with the uh, the overeater uh, Zion with uh, with side <laughs> picks, right? But I mean, given given what Zion was doing yeah, at the time, yeah, he was man, beasting. He, he was beasting. Like, like he was beasting. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, it's always fun. I, I love the format. You know, I just like drafting with you guys. I like drafting in general. But I enjoy drafting with you guys, you know, like in order only for we only way, you know, for me to get better is to play against, you know, you guys. And then it's also fun to talk shit. Yes. Um, well, that's why at some point me and you got to play some volleyball together, brother. You know, anytime, man. Anytime. Even yeah, though I'm a yeah. fat piece of shit now. But, uh, you know, I used to be able to do a little something, something back in the day. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Back in the day. Uh, what's your... Okay, I mean, we kind of addressed this earlier, like in terms of hedging and stuff like that. Like, but like, do you do you take handcuffs? Like, what's your approach, or what are your thoughts on handcuffs? Uh, you know what? I'm like, I I, I like the handcuffs, um, especially in DC. Um, obviously, can't really do that with the fab leagues. No. Um, um, like, you. I mean, you can you can, I mean, you can and you can't. Like, you know. Like as the season progressed, I found that like some smart individuals um, got onto um, picking up like Tyus Jones like like early on, yeah. figuring that they saw that like sometimes they would rest jaw here and there, and so they they probably got enough out of them on a week to week basis, and then with those days that that like that jaw was off that like they could probably get away with that and still have three other three other guys rotating through um but i'm not sure i would i would do it right off the start um with uh with with a fab league um you know like i said maybe some circumstances like you know chris paul like i said maybe jaw um but like you can't really do something like that with like somebody like for example like you know Joel Embiid or like something like that because the the backup is just not the same, right? Like I I think the 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 thing with the handcuffs is is that you got to really be careful that um you don't go too early on them, you know, which is a thing that you feel like you have to do sometimes. And 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 I think with some of them, it's just even a matter of like um it might not have to 
you don't have to necessarily handcuff with like like direct relation okay um meaning that like for example one of my best teams in nfbkc this year um i had drafted steph curry and i had based on value of where the players were going i had a lot of other golden state warrior players and so like they and and i and i got them later than they normally would go so you know if Steph goes down, all the players in Golden State are going to see yeah, an increased usage. usage. Yeah. And so it kind of like helped out the situation. Um, and so I think like even situations like that, for example, like knowing full well that like um, maybe if you've got, you know, Anthony Edwards and like, you know, like even though it's not a direct handcuff, right? Like later on you take a Kyle Anderson because you like his stats set anyways. And, you know, if a starter goes down, then Kyle Anderson might be one of those guys that just fills in as a starter. So it might not be a direct yeah. handcuff as a, as a jaw and like a Jones. Um, but in some cases, even just a, a sixth man or like, you know, like a Derek white in, in, in Boston, right. Or, or, you know, um, like the, you know, Brogdon in Boston, like those type of players where you're like, okay, there's so much going on with Boston with, you know, the, you know, the center, like basically missing time at the start. And then, you know, we're not sure if Horford's going to play, uh, back-to-backs and you know are they going to do some sitting because they're going to be such a good team so like maybe you put a little bit more emphasis on one of those sixth or seventh guys um and 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 draft them with your 12th pick your 13th pick whereas maybe in other you know other people might have taken them in the 14th round you go around early because you're like you know what i got another boston player yeah. and um you know, between the two of them, I think I should be set. So, like, I'm I'm okay with that. I and I I find that I I I I've been doing more of that. Um, but usually, my handcuffs will be will be later on. And and I think the other thing that's big too in this in these twenty like when we're picking twenty five up is that like there's players that like like people just forget about. Yeah. Right. Like you know, like one of the guys early on that I found was that guy. And then, and then like, you know, people were bugging me about it. And then he was going much earlier was Dario Sarge. Right. So like, you know, like, uh, like based on like at the beginning of the year, obviously before he was traded, like, I'm like, you know, there might be a, there might be a role for him and if, and his flexibility of being FC eligible as um, you know, uh, like in NFBKC, like it's a, it's a guy that, might be you know it might be okay to draft in in the 21st 26th round like there's just sneaky little players like that that just based on eligibility that are uh could end up really helping you out because they're either gonna potentially have a role or maybe they're sent elsewhere and he did he did see more time at the end with okc and i was able to get him in here and there but like i mean that's not predictable right yeah i was kind of on sars too um basically because you know stretch big Right. Like, you know, yeah. they, they love like, you know, teams can always use that stretch. Big. But then it's also, you know, I, I saw the highlights of him because, you know, he, he was injured. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. when I saw the highlights of him returning, he was playing for like some overseas. Uh, he yeah. looked fucking good. He was playing. Yeah, good. he looked good. Yeah, so I was like, good. hey, yeah. you know, fuck it. Right. And like you said, the, the, the price. Right. The draft price is always yeah. uh, the main thing. So like, what's the risk? You know, my uh, my Raja team, I fucking hedged the shit out of this team. 
you know, Halliburton and Hayes, right, which is fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, granted, uh, I had Lillard and Simons, but then they both fucking went down, <laughs> you know? So it's like, ah, yeah. you know, like, yeah. like that shit hurts. But uh, yeah, in Fab Leagues, um, there's no way, like, you can do it really unless they both, like, they have standalone value, which is, you know, usually maybe Simons is Lillard was probably the only case or one of the few cases where, you know, it could be applicable. But like, yeah, that was the main thing I learned from my first endeavor in the main event was, um, you know, not only don't draft fucking injury prone players high up. Right. But yeah. then also like, yeah. I remember that team, you know, I had AD PG, but then I stashed Kyrie, which was the stupidest thing. And then like, those bench spots, they're, they're too, they're too fucking valuable, you know? So like, I'm looking at my yeah. main event from this past year. So my, my top seven is solid, like Lillard, Adebayo, Siakam, Fox, Levine, Poole, Markkinen. So that's seven. Yeah. But then the rest, Okongwu, Hardenstein, Hart, Achiwa, KCP, Sohan, Suggs, Okoro, Zaire, like they didn't finish on my team. Like, so I had seven yeah. slots. I'm just churning away all year. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm yeah. just like, man, yeah, you can't have some dude uh, just stashed there because you got these fucking degenerates like Turner, right? Picking up two games here, two games here, right? Two games every week, you yeah. know, three games here. And like, you, yeah, you can't have, you know, that dude just sitting there getting a zero because like, yeah, you're just going to fall behind, you know, so. Um, yeah. And I mean, and the thing is, that, like, like we talk strategy all the time and stuff like that. And we can't, you know, I think the, the, the part of this that we all like don't put enough emphasis on is is really luck right because at the end of the day right like you know um i i didn't have you know much like lamello right like if like you know if i had gone with a lot of lamello and i know there was like that injury part and whatever but like even taking a chance on him this that you know like that that can completely swing you know, an entire season for you Absolutely. on, on, and how your year goes in fantasy basketball. Right. And, and, and like, you know, I, I had a lot of, I had a lot of like stuff like, you know, Drew holiday. I had a lot of like Zach Levy, like, like, but, and, and again, I, I just same thing as what I said with, um, with, you know, with, um, with Jalen before. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I did a lot of that guard-heavy stuff even with Terry Rozier. Yeah. And Terry Rozier was a disaster. Yeah, he was. This year. And, and like, most of his the teams I have him on still did really well. And the reason, again, is the fact that, like, what I needed from Rozier was points, right? Like, like, even though, like, when I was doing my statistical input, like... I was factoring in that his field goal percentage would be much higher than it was. Yeah. Um, I still was thinking, okay, well, he's still not the greatest field goal percentage. So, like, uh, you know, but his points are, are are what I need here, and and it it still worked out, right? And same thing with like the Levines of the world, right? Like like he would like he was usually my my third, fourth, fifth guard, right? Like I was getting like when when I was getting um uh when when I was getting him at like pick 50 yeah. like i got zach levine sometimes at pick 48 Me too. 50. i got him in the fifth round yeah 
yeah, like it's 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 hard to turn that yeah. up, right? Like it, like it's just so much scoring, and it's like okay, like well, all right, I got four <laughs> guards, I'm gonna have to go get myself some bigs, but like I don't know, I filled in later on with guys like Larry Nance and whatever, and yeah, they weren't the greatest, but I mean, like Larry Nance went through a period of time where he was getting a lot of steals and blocks. Yeah. Right, like he, he 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 stunk once Zion was out because then it was like you know Valanciunas and he wasn't really a direct sub, right? But like he played well with Zion, right? Um, and so I don't know, and like even like just little guys like Dennis Smith and like guys like that, just like some of those bench guys really with the steals and blocks, um, they they come up, they surprise you, they kind of you know just add the stats that you need and the Kyle Andersons of the world, right? And 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 that's how you fill in the gaps, right? Like you know, like I, I'm looking at my um, I'm looking at my Raz Jam team like right now, like my my start, like I got Drew Holiday on that team, Zach Levine. Jamal Murray, Jalen Brunson. Nice. Like those are yeah. those are our nice. you know four guards, right? I got Gobert and Jokic, right? So I'm I'm set with like big stats, yeah. even though Gobert had a rough season, yeah. right? And then I got like Tr- John Collins, Trey Murphy, um, you know, Trey Murphy was like, huge. <laughs> yeah, he was huge. You know, I got Grayson Allen for threes. I got Hayward had a rough season. Thomas Bryant was a, was shit. Yeah. PJ Washington He's had good. a decent yeah. season, like not not bad, right? Monte Morris could have been better, but as a backup six guard, not bad with those four guards in front of him. I had Dennis Smith on that nice. team, you know, KCP. Like I, I, you know, like it kind of fills up everything that you kind of need. You know, I had Larry Nance and Bull Bull, so I had enough of those like other guys to kind of fill in. Um, some of those stats, and it ended up being a pretty successful team. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, most of your teams are super solid, and I think we know why. You know, your process uh, kind of leads you to uh, being just solid across the board on most teams, and I think that's that's you know a really good thing in terms of you know inputting your stats and kind of seeing where you like you said where you stand compared to everyone else. Um, I think that's a really good thing to do, a really good process. Like, I know for baseball, like, you know, Rudy and I, we share uh, a couple teams, online championship teams. And, you know, he's very statistically oriented, just like you. And, you know, he has a sheet, like he has his war room. And, like, it's it's, it's amazing, right? Because it shows us where we are, where, where we're lacking, where we're compared to everyone else. Yeah. And then, you know, you know it, it gives you a, a guideline, you know, of, of what you need to do, you know, you know, what direction you're going, uh, where you need to fill it. It's, so, it's so yeah, stand. It's, it's so huge. Like, you know, like when, when I'm, when I'm going through drafts and, and I, and I see people's picks, sometimes I'm just sitting there and I'm <laughs> laughing. Right. No, but, but no, because like, well, because you, you can already and, inherently know without put input in the spreadsheet, you know where they're at kind of, right. You have a general idea. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, I do. But then the thing is, is that like, I see a pick being made and I'm like, like these guys just fucked up their team, bro. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I I'm just like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just watching it, and I'm like, I'm like, wh- like, I, like up to this point, you had this really good thing going, yeah. and then like, why'd you just do that? Like, w- like what? Like, what were you thinking, right? And so then, like, and and that's the advantage of just kind of keeping track of everything because, like, you know, 
it, it, it makes you wonder, like, are they keeping track of anything? Are they maybe keeping track of just what what they're doing and they're trying to compare it to like some sort of like set number they're supposed to get and they got like really worried about you know especially with the percentages like i watched some people like and they're like out of round four or five and they've got a really good thing going with their percentages and then they do something really stupid to fuck it up and and i'm like dude you just like all that hard work just went right down the drain because of one pick yeah right and and like I don't want to be in that position. I want to be in the position when I get to like round seven where I got so many points that I can and, and my percentages are pretty good that I can go with some random block guy that is a bad free throw shooter and he's not going to hurt me. So here's here's two things that I'm going to say. One, I would say I don't know, ninety percent of the people do not do what you do. Maybe more. You may be like a one yeah. percent, or right, because I don't think many people yeah. do what you're doing, right? Okay, so that's one. Two, um, I think, and actually, you, you kind of taught me this basically, and and I think a lot of people, and Joel and I have talked about this in the past, but I think the way that most people approach, uh, kind of, fitting the puzzle together, is, it's very, what's the best way to say it, um. The steps are really <clears throat> short-term sighted. So, for example, like um, if you pick, like uh, I don't know, say, I don't know, Damian Lillard in the first round, right? Yeah. And you're like, yeah. dude, I'm straight. I'm good at free throw percentage. I think the way, and I used to do this too in the past. So I, I think the majority of people would be like, I'm good at free throw percentage, so now I can handle Gobert, right? And yeah. so, so the, so like those two pieces, they feel like it matches and then they're good. But I think what I've learned and I think what you've kind of shown me and taught me is that, no, what you want to do is build a foundation in free throw percentage, right? To the point where later in the round, like you said, you can take like a, I don't know, say like a Capella or whatever, and he's not going to... F- he's really not going to affect yeah. your free throw percentage at, at all. Whereas if you yeah. do it early, you're basically negating, you're bringing the 90 percentile down to 50 percent. 100 percent. So yeah. and, and I think because it took me a while to know that or to realize that and you kind of opened my eyes to it. Uh, so I think the majority of people don't are, are not thinking. So basically, I guess it's like, you know, chess, like you're thinking three, four steps ahead, whereas most people are thinking just one step ahead. Right. And then not realizing that by taking away the advantage early on, they're basically fucking themselves for the rest of the draft. Right. So, so Stan, I, I agree with you because so I was doing more of what you were explaining at the first couple years of NFBKC. I was trying to build that elite across yeah. the board team. The Matrix. Yeah. With the app. Yeah. The, like just too early. Yeah. Right. And so then what was going on was that um, then what ends up happening is that, you know, you've got a team that is like third or fourth across the board in in all the stats. But your 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 strength in all of them is not that big. Right. And so what ends up happening is that then as you start going further along in the draft and you start taking on some of these weaker players. okay. It's it it dwindles and 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 you fall out and so unless you're keeping track of what those differences are, you don't realize how small those differences are, right? Whereas 
you know, what ended up happening is, is I learned very quickly that if I, you know, take some of those massive leads in those categories that you can't get much of later on in the draft, then you're not going to lose those leads by, by very much. But then in those other categories where the, where the statistics aren't as scarce, like you can make up ground, right? So if I'm 11th in a category, but I feel I can make up ground to get to eighth, right? I'll leave that. I'll make up that category. And for those two rounds where I'm not getting too many points, I got hundreds, hundreds of points lead on the second place guy. I can, I, I can take that, yeah. right? And even if I fall to second, that's not a big deal. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I've, I've definitely, like, you know, you show me the way, and I, I'm a disciple with that now. Like, I, I really, you know, I truly realize the, the importance of it. You know, I, I think I'll go back to my main event. Uh, so, you know, it was a decision where in the fifth round, Levine was there, and then I was thinking, well, you know, two centers, you know, maybe I should lock up my centers because I know that run is going to happen in the fifth, sixth area, right? And then I was like, well, nah, I mean, I have to take Levine here. Not only is the value good, but the points, yeah. right? The things in the, you know, the free throw, all that stuff. I just felt like, you yeah. know, if I build that up here, I can, the guy, the center later that I take, you know, that shitty center with the free throw percentage, whatever, yeah. like I'll be able to take budget Zubac. it. Yeah, I'll be able to budget it because yeah, yeah he's not going to yeah. score points. So yeah, yeah, my thinking totally changed because in the past I would have done the, I would have gone to center for the position and to make yeah. everything the puzzle fit then but not yeah. realizing what the final like outcome wants to be. So, yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, if you look at like, even like, like, like you can find guys later on that give you so, like rebounds is so easy to find later on in drafts, yeah. right? Like just bigs that get you rebounds, right? And like, you know, you might have to go a couple rounds early on somebody that'll add the blocks as well. But then, you know, like I said, like, like, the difference between, like, after you get by the first couple of guys that get you crazy amounts of blocks, like, the difference in blocks and the difference in steals is so minimal. And, like, it's it's easy to find some guy later on that's going to get you a steal or, like, 1.2 steals randomly. But he doesn't have any other stats. Yeah. Whereas you're not finding that guy for points. Yeah, exactly. No, that's... Like, uh, it's impossible, right? So, like, it, you, 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 if you lost out on Zach Levine there you know, and it's 20 plus points a game, like your drop off was probably going to be that like the next round, the, 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 the guy was getting 16 points a game. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then like that, 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 that six, you know, seven, eight point difference, like times the amount of games played, like you're not, you're never, you're never making that up. Yeah. It, it's huge. You know, like, so let me see, let me see. So Gary Trent goes, you know, four rounds later. Right. And you're thinking, okay, yeah. right. I'm good there. But then Gary Trent yeah. sucked, right? So then, then yeah. you're double, you're double left. So, um, yeah, no, that's good stuff. Um, all right, we're running over an hour and a half here, so let's yeah, get yeah, this yeah, off. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, we're good. yo, I really yeah. appreciate you, you know, taking the time. It's always good to talk with you. I'm sure we're gonna talk some more over the summer. I mean, I'm ready. To... Yeah, uh, you. Know, I have one last yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, Stan. Go for it. When are we fucking? That, drafting, I was just about to say. I'm. A, <laughs> I was about to say right now. I'm ready to draft right now. Uh, I yeah. want to go. Before I go off, though, uh, I want to give a shout out to, you know, you and your boy, Paul. Uh, everyone go check out YouTube, Lost Art of Conversations with uh, Rocco and Paul. Uh, it, it's cool stuff. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, no, you know, you guys, 
I haven't listened to all of them. I listened to a few. Um, you know, you guys yeah. touch on a lot of different topics. Uh, you know, some humorous, some serious, but I think there's a lot of pertinent stuff, like in terms of uh, just kind of, you know, like thinking about life, approaching life, uh, just the things that yeah. you see and things like that. So, uh, yeah, everyone go check that out. And then, um, you know, if you guys, if this is the first time you've listened to Rocco, I really highly recommend you go back and look back at the past pause because that's when he, you know, he really breaks down like his process and, and, and a lot of good stuff like that. So, uh, Rocco. We'll talk over the summer. See you in the draft sheets. Yep. Thanks, um, man. Thanks yep. again, man. Best of luck. Cool. Later. Yep. Later.